Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Well, we do have a fun um, service that we we got planned. And so um, I'm actually going to invite five communicators up to the stage. And, and as they come up, um, I just want to explain a little bit about what's happening today. So our pastor, um, every July, he, he takes off, he goes on to a, um, what we call it, it's a sabbatical. And uh, really, he just wants to get closer to Jesus. And as he does it, um, he, lets, he lets us do what we want to do at the church, um, takes the, the reins off. And, you know, like, I'm not sure what he's thinking sometimes, but we seem to manage. You know, like, we're doing all right still. Uh, the church is still standing. Um, but we did this last year, and uh, everybody loved it. So it's backed by popular demand. We call it five in seven. So we have five communicators up here, and each one of them is given seven minutes um, to preach their hearts out. They all have a message. They're all given the message, um, the verse John chapter 4. I read it last last service, but they're all going to read it, so I'll let them read it to you. Um, But they were given this verse and and was asked to, to go to ask God what this verse actually means to them. So it's all gonna have a very similar feel. It's a fun panel because they're actually all five of them on our worship team. And so this is our worship panel that is now communicating. Uh, So it's gonna be a good time, but I do wanna encourage you, um, our our tendency is just to think, man, this is fun, this is fun, this is fun. But this is still the inspired word of God. And and, and so still lean in. it's a little bit nerve-wracking sometimes talking to you people. And uh, nothing you guys do, it's just the lights maybe, I don't know. But uh, give them some feedback, talk back with them, uh, say amen, say that's good. Uh, but I'm actually going to have them introduce themselves before we jump in. So let us know your name. We could, you could say what you do on the worship team maybe, oh, okay. how long you've been coming. Okay. We'll that's switch nice. it up. Yeah. All right, yeah, nice. Um, my name is Sam DeBusk. I... Um, sing sometimes and play guitar. And production. And production. <laughs> and he's my brother-in-law. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm Sydney, and uh, I sing. Yeah. Hello. My name is Derek, and sometimes I sing and play guitar. Hey, everyone. I'm Bethany, and I worship through singing. I'm Nathan Bedford. Sometimes I sit like three feet further back. There you go. That's, that's our panel. Uh, it's super exciting. This could be fun. So this is how it works. There's seven minutes. And at the end of seven minutes, it's like the Oscars, you know, where they raise the music, cut the mic. Um, we did cut a mic last service. We won't mention who it was. Uh, but they have seven minutes. And at the end of seven minutes, there's a buzzer. The next communicator grabs the mic and jumps right on into it. It's going to be super fun. But before we get into it, I am going to pray. So, Father, thank you um, for this opportunity, Lord, because it truly is an opportunity to be here in your presence. God, we, we don't take it for granted. Father, I pray that this morning, um, God, that we'd have a taste of your presence. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Father, I pray for a fresh anointing to come over this place, to come over our communicators. God, I pray that you would minister to every heart. And and God, at the end of today, we just want to be one step closer to you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. We're going to hop right on into it. Take it away. All right, let's do this. Okay, well, first I got to move this. Thank you, thank you. So I was headed up here with my guitar, and they told me I couldn't bring it up here, so... 
I gotta hide behind this, so that'll have to work. Um, so I have a smartphone, and I can imagine about 95% of everybody in this room has a smartphone, right? Right? Y'all gotta talk to me a little bit, man. Y'all are woo. I had a little more coffee than I did last service, so y'all just gotta hang on, all right? You hear me? So everybody's got an iPhone. I mean, 95%. I mean, I FaceTimed my grandparents the other day. I thought that was kind of weird because they're probably some of the most, like, they're from Louisiana, and they're old. So it's just like, you just didn't think it would ever happen. Anyways, um, <laughs> and what I love about my phone is that the, there's so much I could do with it. You know, I could text. I can call. You know, 20 years ago, who would have thought you'd been able to do text? You know, whatever. It's just crazy how far we've come with technology. You could FaceTime, you can download just about any app you can imagine, right? And so imagine this. You have a friend or family member that's constantly complaining about their phone. You know, this thing ain't working for me. The screen's black all the time. I can't call, I can't text, I can't FaceTime. Like this thing is useless to me. And so you decide to uh, diagnose the problem. And so you get the phone and you look at it, well, the only problem is the battery's dead. And so <laughs> a lot of times, uh, yeah, the battery's dead. And so all the access you used to be able to have, you don't have any power to anymore. And so this is the same way for us spiritually. You know, there's some people in this room that the diagnosis is the same. You, your, your spirit's not charged up. And so... <clears throat> Sorry, let me get back on track. All right. Um, yeah, the, it's the same case with you spiritually. You know, we're in this series called uh, Spirit Led, and uh, you're frustrated because you can't seem to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, but the diagnosis is the same. Your spirit's not charged up. And so the Holy Spirit is our helper. He offers us gifts and gives us access to things that are essential to our spiritual journey, right? And so I have a super simple three-point, everybody likes a good three-point message, right? And so the first point is this, time and prayer. This is, these are three ways to charge up, charge up if you will, spiritually. First Thessalonians 5.17 says this, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Okay, so growing up, I heard this uh, version, this uh, scripture in a different translation, and you've heard it too. It goes like this, uh, pray without ceasing. And so I always took that literal about like, man, I just need to pray constantly. And I, I figured out, you know, I've been alive for 23 years, you know, not very long, that that is not practical. You know, your boss isn't going to like it. Your spouse isn't going to like it, that's for sure. If you're just praying all the time and your friends aren't going to like it, you're going to kind of be hard to get along with, really, if you're just praying all the time. But I think that the point that Paul is trying to make here is make it a habit. You know, when situations come, things aren't going our way, we make it a habit to pray first. And so, but praying isn't enough. So the next point is this, time in the Word. And growing up, I was not the best, uh, I'll just say it, I wasn't the best reader. You know, it happens. It is what it is. And so naturally, reading, reading the Bible wasn't a priority to me. I didn't see the importance in it, and it was just kind of confusing sometimes. Anybody been there? 
And so I imagine there's people in this room that like to read, right? I mean, Nathan likes to read, which is super annoying. You know, those people that like to read all the time. It's, gosh, so annoying. But um, I came to the realization that when I read the Word of God, it's equipping me for to be the best person I could be, honestly, you know. And so I love what 2 Timothy 3.16 says. All scripture is inspired by God. It is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do right. God equips it, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So literally the word of God is God breathed. It equips us. And if there's ever any question of what's true, what's right, the Word of God's gonna answer it. And if it's outside of the Word of God, then it's useless to us. And the last point is this, time and worship. Worship is the only gift we can give to God. Everything else is for us. You know, when I pray, it's usually for me or somebody else, it's not for God. When I read my Word, it's for me. And so worship is what we give back to God. Um, Romans 12, 1, this is one of my favorite verses. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God for all he has done for you. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the, fine that, the kind that he finds acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And you know, this, everybody wants a reason to worship. Why do we worship? Well, the reason's simple. Jesus came and died, and bottom line, he's worthy of it. You know what I mean? He's just worthy of it. And another way to put it is, worship is just an outward expression of what Jesus has done inward. And that's just so simple. Like, I lift my hands because of what Jesus has done inside of me. I, I sing the song because of what Jesus has done inside of me, simply put. And so, just like a smartphone, you can't just charge it for five minutes and expect it to the power to last all day. You can't charge it uh, once a week and expect it to last a week. I mean, if you have a phone that can do that, I, I'd like to have it. But it's the same way for your spirit. You can't just do it for a little while and then expect it to last. It's something that you gotta do over and over and over again. You gotta do it daily. And the last thought is this, you never get to the point where you'll never need a charge. It's such a benefit to us to have the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he offers us to use them. So, that's it. I'm gonna set my timer here, okay. Hi, good morning, how are you, are you awake? Okay, I'm gonna dive right in. I got three points for you, I'm gonna get right into them. I'm gonna start in Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Now, you may have grown up in church hearing this, or you may not have, that's okay. Um, but my point here is, I'm gonna talk about trust in the Lord with all your heart. How can we trust someone that we don't know? And how can you know someone without taking the time to spend with them, to get to know them? My first point today is trusting God starts with worshiping God. And this takes time, you know, you have to set time out of your day, like Sam said, you have to recharge your phone, you gotta recharge your spirit. And the more time that we spend worshiping God, the easier it will be to know and recognize his voice. 
you know, a few weeks ago, we were still in Spirit-led, and Darian was talking about yielding to the Spirit. And if you don't remember that, he was talking about whenever you're at a fork in the road, and you're like, okay, God, where do I go? The Holy Spirit leads you in that direction. But if you don't spend time with God, you're not going to recognize His voice. Um, I can say this, you know, because I've been coming here for 11 years. Yeah, I, the first time I led worship up here, I was 12 years old. And Annie Ledoux was our worship pastor at the time. Why did she let me do that? Like, can you picture, like, 12-year-old me up here leading worship? Like, my brother's almost 12. That's weird. Okay. Uh, my family, they've been coming with me, you know, for these 11 years. But it wasn't until, like, two or three years ago that my dad told me, or he, my dad really started to be more intentional with spending time with God, with recharging his phone, in a sense, and making sure that he was you know, filled up in the spirit. And since then, we've seen growth in our family, growth in his life. He started pouring into me. But my point there is that you can be around the presence of God and not be in the presence of God. Does that make sense? Like, you can sit here and you can be surrounded by the presence, but if you don't make the decision to step into it and spend time in it, you're not going to recognize it. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is the same in every situation. So if we're worshiping and we're familiar with that presence, we're familiar with that same spirit, whenever we come to the fork in the road and we say, okay, God, where do I go? That same peace is going to come over you, just like in worship. Okay, second point, worship with the right heart. Now I'm going to read John chapter 4, verse 24. From here on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. Not of the right place, but with the right heart. So not just in the church, you know, in your car, in your house, with the right heart. That was bonus, by the way. That's not in my notes. But to go on in that verse, Jesus, he's talking to the woman at the well. If you don't know the story, go read it. It's a great story. And he says, God longs for sincere worshipers who worship and adore him in the realm of spirit and truth. Worship with the right heart. I want you guys to hear my heart in this, okay? I'm not harsh, you know, kind words are like honey, and I want my words to be like honey to you guys, okay? But did you guys know that worship is not meant to make us feel better? Just like Sam said, worship is something that we get to do to give back to God. Everything else is for us. And so we can't come into a worship set and, you know, expect God to do something in us if our desires and our wants are all selfish. Does that make sense? Hear my heart. I'm not trying to sell me. I'm not trying to sell me. Often, you know, we do leave a worship set, though, and we're uplifted, and there's healing, and chains are broken, and there's growth, and there's freedom, and that's good. That's what worship should be. And if you don't know what freedom feels like, it's like whenever you're worshiping, and you have, like, one hand up, and you're like, oh, I want to put this hand up, but, like, there's someone standing next to me, and I don't want to, like, bump them, or, you know, you're just, it's uncomfortable, but then, you know, we start singing the bridge of, like, the blessing, and you're like, yes, yes, and you put that hand up, and you're worshiping with both hands, like, that's freedom, that's freedom. Oh my gosh, I have two minutes left. Okay, I gotta get going here. That's what worship should be like, but the byproduct of worship is healing. That is what comes from worship. Worship is for God, though. It's not for us. My third point, because I got to go fast. There is too much power in the scripture within worship to not be worshiping. I'm going to say that again, because that's a long point. Sorry about that. 
There is too much power in the scripture within worship to not be worshiping. When we are too afraid to worship, out of fear or conviction, or you say, oh, it's been so long since I've, you know, really spent time in the presence of God, we have to remember, He is for you. He is for you. We don't serve an unapproachable God. We can approach Him in those moments of fear and of doubt and of shame. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? And you know, when we read this verse, we normally compare it to like other people, and they're like, oh, you can't be against me because God is for me. But when it comes to worship, which that's, that's true, by the way, no one can be against you, but when it comes to worship, we are against ourselves in that. We're the only thing that can be against us is our thoughts. But if God is for me, who can be against me? You know, not my doubt, not my fear, not my shame, not my guilt. He is for you. And at this time, we cannot afford to not be worshiping. You know, not with everything going on, like, can't even watch the news anymore, <laughs> you know, without something coming up. But the Bible says to meditate on the Word of God. And that's what we do when we worship. And I think that it's important that we recognize the Scripture within worship. If you flip through, like, Psalms and Proverbs, you'll be, like, bobbing your head. You're like, oh, I know that one. Like, I know that song because we sing it here. But we're not listening to Apple Music, guys. Like, we're reading the Bible. And it's important that whenever we sing these songs, we realize and we recognize that we're meditating on the Word of God. And that's the best way that I know to really spend time in the Word. I'm like Sam in that sense, you know? Reading isn't a strong suit. Um, those are my three points for you guys. I got through it in time. They didn't cut me off this time. Last time they turned my mic off. All right, that's it. All right, man, it feels so good to be up here today. It's an honor to be up here. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. So first I'm gonna start off and I'm gonna read John 4:23, and it says, yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. So I'm going to tell a little story real quick since I only have seven minutes. A um, couple years ago, I was heading to church. Uh, I was heading to a worship rehearsal, actually. And, you know, at the time, I had some bad habits, and I like to eat biscuits and gravy every morning, double biscuits and gravy. So good. Uh, but, you know, I don't do that anymore because trying to slim down the dad bod. Uh, once you get a certain age and have a couple kids, it starts to catch up to you. I mean, just me speaking for myself, I'd say. But, so I'm at the gas station, and I um, ordered the B&G, and I see this guy next to me, and, and it's wintertime, so the, this dude, he's got this big old baggy coat on, and like, no judgment here, but the guy kind of looked a little rough. And, um, I mean, he just kind of, uh, he caught my eye, and he, he's got his hands in his pockets like this, and he's fumbling around for some change, and he's like digging through some pocket lint or something, I don't know, trying to pay for his biscuit, and uh, yeah, my heart just goes out to him, and, and I offer to pay for his breakfast. So, I go outside, go to leave, I'm already like probably running late for church, and 
And he hollers at me. He's like, hey, man, uh, you, got, you got a cigarette? It's like, no, man, I'm, I'm fresh out. I'm sorry. And he said, uh, well, where are you heading? And I said, I said, I'm heading to church. And he's like, well, where's that? And I said, well, it's south of town. So he's like, you care if I catch a ride? Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm heading to Shoto. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll just be a few more minutes late. So we get in the truck, we're, uh, we're cruising down the road, and I start getting to know this guy a little bit, and, and I, I, I just look at him for a second, and he's like, hey, he pulls out these gloves, right? Like these rubber gloves out of his jacket, and he's like, yeah, I just got out of the hospital. Need some gloves, bro? It's like, no, bro, I'm good. I'm, I'm good right now. And I think he left me like a couple dozen, actually. So they did come in handy eventually. So anyway, he just tells me he gets out of the hospital. He's like, yeah, I was in jail the night before. Jail. I'm giving this guy a ride. But you know what? I was like, it's all good. I'm safe. It's like, I don't know this guy. I don't know what this guy's been through. I don't know what road this guy's been going down the past few days or, or weeks, but I finally take him to Shoto, and I drop him off at his mom's apartment, and uh, on the way back, I, uh, I just kept thinking about this guy. I ended up getting his number, actually, and I said, hey, man, text me if you need anything. And uh, so anyway, all I wanted to do was take this guy to church. But this guy didn't know me. He didn't have a relationship with me. He didn't trust me. Maybe he trusted me enough to give him a ride. Um, so why would this guy go to a place with me where he, didn't, he had no idea I was going to take him to this place where it was going to be so many good things, like these relationships here, happiness, health, grace and love. You know how many relationships I've built in this place? And I can't even count them all. So, so whatever road you're going down, I mean, if we have this surface level relationship like I had with this guy, if we have this relationship like the guy at the gas station with God, we're not gonna trust him. We're not gonna build this relationship with him. But if we do, we're not gonna know that he's trying to take us to this place. This place of happiness, this place of hope, this place of grace, all these good things from him. So, it doesn't matter what road you're going down, like this guy, yeah, I didn't know he just got out of jail. I didn't know he got out of the hospital. You might have gotten out of jail last night. You might be going down this road of divorce. You might be going down this road of financial burdens. You might be going down 9th Street where it's really bumpy. Let me tell you, Jenny, she knows. So I've been down some bad roads myself. But what I've learned is that if we continue to seek God, if we continue to build that relationship with God, he's going to take us to these places. 
where we know that is good. We know these things are good. So my first and only point is if we, in order for us to worship in the spirit, we must seek God. We must know the truth and the truth. I said that way wrong. That's okay though, because I'm gonna say it right. It says, for us to worship in the spirit, we must know the truth. And to know the truth, we have to know God. There it is. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hey. So uh, one thing you should know about me before we get started is that I'm definitely a quality over quantity kind of girl, meaning I'd rather have a few scriptures that I really know and soak in than like read a bunch of scripture and not understand anything. So that's what we're going to do today. As I was skimming through John 4, verse 23 and 24 really hit my heart. It says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And when I read that, I really, I understood the truth part. You know, God is truth, God is the word, therefore the truth is the word, worship in the word. But when I heard worship in the spirit, I didn't really understand what that meant outside of the context of singing. So what we're gonna go over today is what worshiping in the spirit might look like more in a day-to-day -day scenario. And to do that, I could tell you guys some elaborate story on how I followed God and, oh my gosh, it was so spiritual and everything turned out perfect. But I don't have a lot of those stories. I have a lot of stories of me being a little turd and not doing what I'm supposed to do. And then God being like, Bethany, what are you doing? And so that's what I'm going to use as an example today. So if you guys didn't know this, I went to Bible college last year and I learned a lot of things that I hold really close to my heart now. But I was in biblical worship class one day and my teacher was telling a story about how she had a super spiritual encounter with God. She was saying that she woke up one day and she just felt like God was there and had something to say to her. So she started praying. She was like, God, I know you're here and I can feel you and I know you have instructions. So he told her, go put on a blue outfit. And she was like, okay, I have like a blue top and I'll wear some jeans. And he was like, nah, a blue outfit, head to toe. So she's like, God, what the heck is going on? So she trusts him though. So she puts on a hat and a dress and socks and shoes, all blue, like full on Smurf. And she is so embarrassed, but she trusts him. And she goes to school, she's at her college and she's walking around campus and she sees this woman sitting by a tree. And as she walks past her, the woman starts to weep uncontrollably. And my teacher is like, what the heck is going on? So she goes and she talks to her and come to find out this woman sitting by the tree was going to end her life that day. And her last cry to God was, God, if there is any way for me to experience joy and for me to keep living happily, then send me a sign. Send me somebody in all blue and I'll know that that's you. And so my teacher ends up saving this woman's life and leading her to God. 
And while my teacher's telling this super great story, everybody else in the classroom was like, yes, go God, like you're so good. And I am sitting there and all that's going through my head is like, dude, I can get God to pick my clothes. Like, I don't have to do that. And so I put my mind to it that I'm gonna get God to pick my clothes for me. So I go to bed that night and I'm like a kid on Christmas Eve. I'm like so excited, like, dude, this is gonna be awesome. And so I wake up the next morning and I walk to my closet. And this was last year, guys, keep this in mind. I walk to my closet and I stretch out my arms and I'm like, hi God, do it. I'm like, pick my clothes, let's go, pick something cute. And he doesn't respond, obviously. And so I get a little upset. And so I'm like, okay, God, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna pick the clothes and then you tell me if they're cute or not, okay? And so I get a top and I get a bottom and I'm like, how about this? And nothing. And I was so ticked off and I went to school that day and I told my teacher, I was like, listen, I don't know why this worked for you, but it didn't work for me. So um, can I have an explanation? And she kind of looks at me and she giggles a little. She goes, Bethany, that's real cute, but you missed the whole entire point of my story. And I said, oh, all right, well, what's the point? And she said these wise words that I'll never forget. She said, when you are led by the spirit, God uses you to bring his will to light. But when you're led by the physical world, you're outside of the will of God. And in that moment, it was like a light bulb. And I realized that while I was trying to play say yes to the dress, like God edition, I took a super spiritual event that happened in someone's life and I turned it into a challenge for God to prove himself or a game to play with God. And that is not how he works, ladies and gentlemen. And so my teacher said, Bethany, I think you don't understand what it's like to walk with God in a day-to-day -day life spiritually. She said, go to Galatians 5, 5, and you'll get some understanding. So I went there and it says, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive the righteousness God has promised us. Worshiping in the Spirit does not mean challenging God. It means being open and ready to obey when He is ready to speak. It means saying, God, here I am, send me and keeping that attitude even when he doesn't send you that day. So you might be saying like, Bethany, this is all great, but God can't use me. I've got too much going on in my life, or I know God and I love him, but we just aren't close enough to have that spiritual relationship. But if you go back to John four and you read the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, Jesus was a Jew and the woman at the well was a Samaritan. They did not have anything to do with each other and they literally could not have had less of a connection. But Jesus still looked at her and saw a vessel worthy and waiting to be used. That's how our Heavenly Father views us too. If you've been broken and you feel like you're at the end of what your heart can handle, God can use you. If you're frustrated with life and you're looking for answers, God can still use you. There is not a burden in the world that God cannot heal and use. In your day-to-day, -day, God is waiting to turn around what the enemy meant for evil and use it for the good of his kingdom. All you have to do is be open to his voice and ready to obey when he is ready to speak. Oh. All right, same verse. I'll mix it up. Read a different translation. It's from the message. John 4, 23 says, it's who you are, and the way you live that count before God. 
Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. We must worship him out of our true selves, who we really are, in adoration of who he really is. See, God wants us to be authentic, right? And for me, that can, that can be a little difficult. If you know me, you probably know like this much of me because I like to keep people a little bit away because then I can control how much you know about me. And I think that's great until like almost 27 years into this thing. And it's not that great actually <laughs> because I'm not all the way open. And see, in this moment in time in the story, Jesus is saying that we must do this. It's not a suggestion. It's not like, hey, if you have time, or like, hey, like, maybe like a couple times a month, you know, just like a couple, like every other Sunday, maybe you could come into worship and be like all the way there with me, like just a couple times. He says we must do it. And in the next two verses, the woman responds and says, I don't know about that. I do know that the Messiah is coming. When he arrives, we'll get the whole story. I am he, said Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. I think part of the reason I picked this translation is because the woman says to literally God in the flesh, I don't know about that, right? Like he just told her something and she's like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like even like Pastor Darian whose words are anointed from God. It's literally flesh of God. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think on it a little bit. But see, he's the one with the truth because he, he is the truth. Now, I only have seven minutes, but um, I had to squeeze in um, something about basketball. And so here it is. And um, there was a basketball player named Paul Pierce, and he played for a team uh, called the Boston Celtics, and they're awful, and um, no offense, no offense. And um, it, during his time, he was playing a game against the Los Angeles Lakers, and um, earlier I thought they had won the game, and I fact-checked myself before the first service, so you guys have the truth, and the Celtics lost to the Lakers, praise the Lord. And um, after the game, they asked a man you might know from the general commercial, Shaquille O'Neal, um, or Gold Bond, and they asked him what he thought about Paul Pierce. They're like, man, he did really good tonight. You guys still won, but he did really good. What do you think about him? And um, edited for church, he said, man, I don't know who that dude is, but that dude's the truth. And now Paul Pierce is known as the truth. And see, when we spend time with Jesus in worship, we find the truth. And, and not just worship in song like we do before the message, but worship we do in, in, in times of prayer, in reading scripture, in, in, in building relationships with other believers, how we treat people we like, how we treat people we think we don't like because we love everybody, and, uh, but we just think we don't. See, when, when we worship God in all these aspects of our life, we see the truth. We can't help but walk away from Jesus on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday prayer and say anything except that's the truth. And 
See, it can be, it can be hard for me because I, I like to be informed. And as, as some of our counterparts have, have touched on, there's, there's some things going on in the world that, that when you're informed about them, it kind of kind of sucks, honestly, to be informed right now. And, but I am. I am. And it's hard. But see, when I, when I spend time with Jesus and I try to make myself informed on the actual truth, on his truth, I walk away feeling better. And see, he said, I am he. You don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to look any further. We don't, we don't have to look anywhere else. When we accept Jesus into our hearts, when we enter into that relationship, that's where we go for our answers on problems at work, with our marriage, with our children, with that stupid driver in front of us. That's where we go with our problems as we turn to Jesus. Later in John 16, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, and he says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. See, when we're Spirit-led, and we come to God regularly and authentically, we find the truth that we need. We find the truth that we need now, and we'll be prepared with the truth that we might need tomorrow, next week, next year. And I can squeeze it in. Later in John 4, the, the woman at the well goes. She brings the whole town back. They ask Jesus to stay two more days. He's like, fine, I'll stay two more days. And then, because he's God. And, and so he stayed two more days. And it says, a lot more people entrusted their lives to him when they heard what he had to say. Amen. We're no longer taking this on your say-so. We've heard it ourselves and know it for sure. He's the savior of the world. When we come in and we spend that time with him, we can't help but walk away knowing who he is, knowing the truth, knowing what we need to do next. That's it. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.